well, I tried to fight it off, but eventually it's got me. I knew it had happened sooner or later. I struggled against the inevitable, but it had to happen. I had to fall, and I finally started thinking about running a second campaign. Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries. I'm John. Unfortunately, I'm not joined by my wife, Hannah, today. She's at work doing the late shift, and I'm not going to bore you with our sort of struggles to get our work schedules to sync up now both of our jobs have changed which are making it more difficult to record podcast episodes together but suffice to say we're still working on it but i just wanted to put something out about something that i've been thinking about a bit recently in the rpg arena and if you've listened to the introduction which i'm assuming you have because you're here you might have thought well what's the big deal john you want to run a second campaign what's the problem well it's sort of a little bit tongue-in-cheek um myself and uh, my friend johannes who runs the burning wheel game i'm playing and is one of the players in my smoke and snow campaign we often joke about the fact that we're locked into this sort of gm cycle where inevitably because we both have like restricted amounts of free time to run games in we'll start off and we'll be running like a couple of games and then as the months go on inevitably we'll start going oh do you know what i haven't really got time to run two games rather than keep both of them going and just sort of chugging along i'd rather cancel one of them and start and just focus on one of the games and make that as good as i can and then that's what happens and everything's fine for a bit but inevitably after a while you start sort of looking around and you're like do you know what i've got some free time my first game's going well i'm on top of my prep pretty much it's almost running itself do you know what I think I've got enough time to fit in a second campaign. And then your mind inevitably starts thinking, well, what can I run for this second campaign? And you start coming up with these fantastic ideas, looking into game systems and stuff like that. And the cycle repeats itself again. And I'm not saying this trying shoot myself in the foot or like put people off playing in my future campaigns because you know we're always striving towards that goal of getting uh, games that you can run within the available time and prep appropriately not too much not too little for the games you want and i think to be honest with my smoke and snow and i might just be deluding myself as i've said previously with the cycle but i like to think with my smoke and snow campaign i'm pretty much getting to that level now this is helped by the fact it was set up with that in mind from the start it's a hex crawl i've got a lot of the areas sort of pre-populated or at least with outlined stuff so if the player characters threw me for a loop and were like oh we're going to go here then i could easily pull something out based on the outlines i've got and happily run it with Without stressing too much about the prep they've recently gone into the dolmen wood which is like in a pocket dimension accessed via portals in my campaign and obviously dolmen wood is like pre-planned out i've got the worm skin zines and the patreon pre-release stuff from necrotic gnome so a lot of that is planned out for me i've just got to tweak it a little bit and run with what i've got and that's been helped by my old mucker from the old purple worm days Pete Jones putting me onto a great little app called Obsidian Notes, which has enabled me to use like markdown wikis to easily record my notes. So that's making it a lot easier. And my prep's got to like probably the most streamlined level it's ever been. And as is often the way, I've started going, well, I only run that game every other week, every other Friday. So that means I've got the the Fridays between those free. I could slide another game into those Fridays, surely. Now, I'm not naive enough to think I could slide another game into those alternate Fridays that requires an immense amount of planning, but I've recently been looking into the idea of 
point crawls or slightly more episodic games. And as I was thinking about that, a a few sort of things I've been looking at recently. So I'm looking at my copies of like Bob Arians of Lemuria. I was talking to Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast, and it's got me thinking about the idea of swords and sorcery. Now, I love a swords and sorcery story myself. I've got my my big faux leather bound book of Conan stuff, but to be honest, outside of like Conan and a few others. I don't really know a lot about the genre. But what I do know from those books and various films that I've seen, I quite like. And I was thinking, you know, I could probably run a more episodic campaign set in a sort of swords and sorcery background. So first of all, that got me thinking about, well, what are the sort of tropes or the elements that I associate with swords and sorcery? As I say, I'm by no means an expert. If you want to call in and drop any more knowledge about swords and sorcery or recommendations for things I should read on my head, feel free to do so. If you don't know how, there's details on how to contact me at the end of this episode. So the tropes I associate with swords and sorcery are settings largely being humanocentric in terms of the player characters and the heroes i mean you tend to have like your villainous source sort of serpent men and stuff like that but by and large your heroes are, are human or mostly human with a little bit of something something on the side of it the protagonists tend to be sort of like outsiders although there are sort of civilized areas they they don't tend to like fit into those whether that's the the mighty feud barbarian or whether it's a thief dwelling on the outskirts what they tend to be people who are sort of outside looking in and they move through those societies even though they're not technically a part of them the protagonists are normally motivated by their own self-interests rather than any sort of innate heroism so whether that's looking to steal an ancient gem from a sorcerer's keep or rescue a nobleman's son for a rich reward it tends to be based around the idea of i'm doing this to get something concrete that will benefit me rather than i'm doing it for some sort of abstract morality or larger ideals of heroism also there are the tropes as i said earlier of uh, serpent men ancient empires often sort of fallen atlantis or lemuria style empires that once had great technology and magic and their hubris spelt their doom but now the sort of the wreckage of their ruined empires lies around for those brave enough to find it there's also the idea which conflicts with your sort of standard fantasy sort of D style campaign that there is something innately off or evil about magic and enchantments now what this is can vary between different sort of fictional sort of worlds and milieus but you know whether it's you have to bargain with demons to get powers whether it's a uh, in the sort of older docks on D campaign idea where it despoils and defiles the land as you use it leading to great harm but you're still getting that power so you know an abstract idea of oh this might harm the world in a in some way but in the short term i'm going to get some power i mean you only have to look at the modern world to see how that's shaking out I suppose the last trope I'm going to discuss briefly, because I don't want this to be like a massively longer episode, is an idea that I first saw sort of codified in 
of all places, D&D 4th Edition. And before the haters start banging on about 4th Edition, what I'm talking about is the points of light setting. And I'm not saying 4th Edition originated that by any means. I'm sure it was a thing long before then. But it's the first book I remember reading personally where I sat down and read it and it was presented in a no-nonsense sort of Here's the idea that we're running with. And if you're not familiar with it, the points of light is basically there's these rare little points of light, whether they're cities, bastions of civilization or whatever, that are safe or civilized in this world. And the rest of it is in darkness. It's a wilderness. It's chaotic. It's wild. It's haunted by monsters. And I think that really sort of, from my experience, tends to be true in swords and sorcery. You tend to have like two or three like big sort of city states whether they're sort of noble civilized states but with some sort of like dark secrets inevitably or whether they're full bore like villainous um, cities of thieves rolled over by evil sorcerer kings they tend to largely be sort of civilized whereas outside that you have the wilderness that's haunted by outlaws monsters and stuff like that and there's a very clear line between those two sort of opposing poles at least in my view of swords and sorcery so as i've been thinking about this i've been looking at various games systems that i might like to run it in and just for my own personal preference i'm trying to find a game system that doesn't stray too far from DD. because with the best will in the world i'm not saying there aren't other game systems out there that you can run swords and sorcery with of course there are but for my money because I'm, I'm trying to create a campaign that's like minimal extra like research and planning for me i don't want to have to learn an entirely new system so i've been looking at a few that are sort of D based you know like 13th age which i like the icon mechanics in which is like a a bit of a 3.5 sort of fourth edition sort of tangent there's obviously worlds without number that um, kevin crawford's just bought out which is like the fantasy version of his stars without number game there's uh, what else have we got? There is, of course, Barbarians of Lemuria that I mentioned earlier. And I know that uh, Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Cast is a big fan of. I've also just downloaded a game based on Black Hack, which is called Black Sword Hack, which is specifically designed to sort of jury rig uh, black hack second edition to work using salt and sorcery i've not had a chance to read through it yet if you get a chance to look it up on it looks pretty promising there to get a chance to look it up on drive through i think it's like four dollars or something like that you know so you can't go wrong for a pdf without money can you it looks it's pretty much black and white uh, digest a layout has the full rules in it so you don't even need black hack to run it and it's got various things like uh, spells uh, twisted science demons summoning rune weapons advice on creating swords and sorcery worlds which all looks pretty good to be honest i'm going to delve into this in a bit more detail hopefully over the next couple of days i'm going to be reading through that to see what i think because one of the things i have noticed is that a lot of the sort of ostensibly swords and sorcery games whether that be a uh, hyperborea barbarians of lemuria or whatever they tend to come sort of like baked in with an existing background now i've run hyperborea in its much longerly titled previous edition since the hardcovers of the the new edition haven't gone out yet um, 
and very much enjoyed that and i did just sort of strip the background out of that and run it in my own world but i felt in doing so because the the game was so sort of tied into its background i wasn't really getting the full sort of hyperborea experience i'm not saying we didn't have a good game because we did but you know i just felt like i wasn't really running the game how it's intended to be run and when i look at my other games that are in a similar vein like bob Evans of lamoria crypts and things and stuff like that all of them have their own background and they're pretty much tied into them now that's great and you may say well that surely that's a good idea john because you don't want much planning so that'll save you a lot of planning if you don't have to come up with the game world and you are absolutely right a amorphous listener who sounds suspiciously like me you are right it would save me a lot of work but also it would deny me one of the most enjoyable elements for me personally as a gm when i'm starting a new campaign and that is creating the campaign world and to be honest i don't look at that as being lots of additional work because i tend to do a very like top down approach where i might be like okay so we've got three kingdoms in this game setting here's what they're called here's the sort of rough flavor of those kingdoms where are we going to start here you then define the start area in more detail and you don't need to define everything else in more detail until the player characters start exploring it which if it's going to be an episodic game you know you have a bit more control over where things are going to happen and what adventures they're going to do so i think that'd be fine but i really love coming up with campaign worlds taking ideas from the players as well and incorporating them and feeling like together you've created something that's greater than the sum of its parts but like i say a lot of sword and sorcery rpg seem to come with their background intact whereas your more standard DD, yeah you could go forgotten realms or greyhawk or whatever but you can just take it and run it in your own world and yeah i suppose i could just adapt like old school essentials or something like that to to run a swords and sorcery game but i feel like i'd have to tweak it pretty extensively to do that because people in swords and sorcery campaigns tend to be a little bit larger than life you know a little bit more powerful i suppose a little bit more on the fifth ed sort of scale of things but although there's nothing wrong with fifth ed it's not really the system for me so i'm looking at this black sword hack as a possibility obviously i've got black hack the, the default version i've got white hack as well and a few other games i'm looking at and we'll see which one tickles my fancy at the end of the day so thank you for listening to this little ramble of mine if you've got any ideas of additional tropes that i should be cognizant of concerning the swords and sorcery genre if you've got any suggestions for other game systems that might be good for it but remember i'm looking for something that's fairly similar to DD, then please do get in touch you can do so a few different ways you can leave me a voicemail message either using the speakpipe or anchor apps and there'll be links in the description of this show or you can send us an email to rdd at gmail.com until next time take care stay safe and whatever you're playing have fun